You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyle. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C. with the Keys and Anklets podcast, and I want to welcome you to another installment. And today, what I have for you is I have another conversation, a conversation with a person who uh, I've recently become acquainted with. I met her and her husband. Um, So I want you all to say hi and welcome Jules. Jules, say hi to everybody. Hello. (laughs) Now, just kind of of, 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 to give people a little background, you guys are a stag vixen couple. Um, And, you know, we've had some conversations and I really was looking forward to having you on the show because there's some things that I feel uh, that you can talk about that can help a lot of women who are listening to this. And Mm -hmm. I'll just say that the theme of this episode is going to be empowerment. And I'm all for Mm -hmm. that. I'm here for that every day. So... Mm -hmm. To kind of give my listeners an idea, of a, a little bit of back your back about your background. Um, how long have you known your husband, and how long have you guys been married? Uh, I have known him. We've known each other now. I want to say six years, and we just celebrated our four-year anniversary. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. Yep, thank you. Now, some of these questions may sound a little redundant because, like I said, you and I have had conversations, but obviously, my listeners haven't. You know, they haven't heard you. So now one of the things that I find uh, that I found interesting about your particular uh, journey is uh, you have in your past, you've been a pro dom. Yeah. And can you kind of talk a little bit about that as far as how that kind of correlates into being a hot wife and into this dynamic, if at all? Mm. You know, sometimes I think they correlate, and then sometimes I think they're like water and oil, oil and water. Um, uh, as I, when I was um, a professional dom, a femme dom, um, I would see clients, um, and I would say that there was, there was nothing sexual that would take place. I would be in charge of the scene. Um, I would be, the as, as, as we call the dominant one of the scene, um, holding space for submissive men. Um, so when I met my husband, <laughs> it was um, a lot of unlearning the things I had I've learned throughout my throughout my years. And so um, and then one thing because I wasn't able to really express my sexual side with with this line of work, I, I was I was a little curious, but I really never had the courage because it means that I would have to, you know, kind of put down my, put down my flogger and, and let somebody else leave. And that was really uncomfortable for me. Um, very uncomfortable. In fact, I think it's still, it's just something that I'm unlearning. I'm, I'm an independent woman, very strong and successful. And so um, to come into something like this, um, initially we started off in the swinging community. And <clears throat> that just didn't fit right, um, even though my husband's 100% supportive of course, we go into the swinger community, and they kind of have like a set of roles, we'll say, you know. Um, 
I, I was not a submissive one. And uh, I found more times than not um, that the couples we were with, um, the, the women, I'm totally bisexual. And so as you would read the profile and they would proclaim that they were bisexual, time and time again, I would find that that wasn't necessarily the truth. And so it really put me in a really awkward space. Um, it put my husband in an awkward space. And so there, you know, we, we tried, we kept trying different angles and different clubs. And, and then we actually, we paused, we paused. It was, it was very frustrating. Um, and then recently we have, like I said, met Michael, um, and, and through, um, your podcast along with, um, you know, some various other resources, um, my husband and I have been able to kind of find our niche. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were swinging, I was never comfortable um, sharing my husband with another woman. It's not that I didn't think it was hot. It was just, again, it was kind of against the grain. That, that's mine. It's, I'm femme dumb. <laughs> I'm very protective. If I own something and he owns my heart, I mean, it was really, that was really difficult. But I would endure it. Um, but uh, so once, once we kind of, you know, shifted a little bit more into this, we'll call it like a specialty um, genre, um, we first came in as, as were the, the women, I should say that when I first came in, I was received as more of a submissive woman. And so I would read, I'd read other, you know, posts and blogs and whatnot and, and finding that, um, you know, in, the, in like that hot wife the scenario, you know, that uh, woman was more of that, of that submissive energy and, and that didn't fit. So, and we're still evolving by all means. We are not at the end of the chapter. Um, now what we have found is that, um, you know, we've, we've gone to like stag fixing, right? Mm-hmm. That works. But if I remember correctly, Michael, from your podcast, you're saying that's more of a 50, 50. Um, it can be. Um, like I said, usually as far as what I've seen is it, it starts to take on a cuck holding feel when the woman is holding the majority of that power. And just because it's 50, 50, what that basically means is that everything is agreed upon, you know, like you, you, his, what he wants and what he desires weighs very heavy on the decisions that you make. Whereas mm-hmm. in a cuckolding dynamic, part of him, he wants his wife to be selfish. He, he, there's a part of him that wants him, that wants her to put her needs ahead of his own. So he doesn't necessarily want the same level of, of input, so to speak. So yeah. a stag vixen, you know, it can be her running the show, but Mm-hmm. Not because she's putting herself ahead of him. He just may like to defer to her and say, hey, it's it's mm-hmm. all about you. But you, you, you can very much be in a stag-vixing dynamic with you being in charge. It's just not that in-charge kind of way that would exist in like a cuckold dynamic, if that makes any sense. It does, because we have quickly shifted from that. Mm-hmm. And now we've entered into that, that cuckold sort of dynamic. And I think, you know, like I said, a lot of this has been unlearning things, these learning curves for us. At the, I, I think after, you know, all these years of, you know, of course, being sexually active and 
in different areas of, of, you know, just the industry as a whole, it's hard to take on new titles. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. It's really difficult. So um, when I speak for my husband, he's on a a very, um, a very tight, um, high, pardon me, the, um, the learning curve that he's on to be able to accept that is something that he's recently grasping. But for us now, where we're at is, like you're saying, it, it, he wants to see me completely selfish. He wants to hear all about it. He wants to hear or watch, you know, get ready for my date, um, get excited about it, all the way up to, you know, when my date walks in the door, we're at the restaurant, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, going to playtime afterwards. I, so, I, like, I found my niche of my femdom. In, in, in the rules that we're in right now. And this feels very, very natural for me. And that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of all this. And this is what I like people to understand is I, I know that people hear us talk about titles a lot. And I, I understand how, you know, how it can come across. But the, the purpose of the titles is just to kind of help people better under, understand it. Because at the end of the day, they don't matter. What matters is what works for you and your partner. What brings you both pleasure what makes you both comfortable. I mean, there's no manual to all of this. I mean, we're all, you know, trying to, you know, fiddling around in the dark, trying to find our way, trying (laughs) to find, you know, that pair of shoes that feels comfortable on our feet. You know, know, one of the cool things, one of the cool things, Michael, is that is what your podcast, that's what it gave us. Um, Because I'm not, I'm I'm clearly not a woman that fits perfectly into any box. Um, and, and very resistant to most boxes, actually. And so titles and all of that, the semantics of it is just, it's really disturbing sometimes. Um, because I don't want to be, of course, I don't want to be just one of, you know, right. thousands of other women, and you know. But what, we, what I was able to do by listening to your podcast is identify things that I didn't realize were were active or like parts of my behavior or you know the, the things that I enjoyed or you know we knew that we enjoyed these things we didn't realize that it fit into you know this kind of lifestyle so now it's like okay now I get it which then helps me learn further from other people who also use the same titles and same categories Does that makes sense oh it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense. and I'm sure it'll make you know, it'll make sense to, to my listeners as well. I mean, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about these two lifestyles is they're, they're very intellectual lifestyles, you know, because from the husband's standpoint, their mind is not occupied so much with playing. So it's, it's, it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of, you know, being introspective and, and fantasizing. So you're, you know, your mind is always at work you know, in this lifestyle, you know, it, it, it fosters a lot of communication. Like you said, he wants to know, you know, he wants to be with you when you're getting ready and he wants to hear about your, you know, what happened on your date and he wants to talk to you afterward. Like there's, there's always a lot of, of, of communication. Whereas I think what you find in, in some swinger couples, not all of them, but in certain swinger dynamics is this kind of this, each kind of person is off doing their own thing or, or there's playing and I just wonder how much conversation there is after the playing, because it, 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 it's not something that I'm not saying it's not a part of it, but it, it's, it seems to be rarely discussed in that, in that realm where on the wife sharing side, 
it's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that talking oh, about absolutely. it, that talk, like whether it's a cuckold couple or a, a stag vixen couple, that talking about it mm-hmm. is is huge. You know, her laying in bed with her husband and telling him everything that happened on her date or, you know, making videos for him and, you know, him, you know, w- watching the videos and asking questions and her being into answering his questions. You know, so so much of this lifestyle is cerebral. And that's one of the things that, you know, that I really enjoy about it. So knowing that the podcast and, and, and having all of these different people come on and talk about their own journeys has kind of helped you on your own, you know, that's a wonderful feeling for me. And, and, and knowing that I've been doing this long enough to know that it's just kind of, once it has momentum, it just keeps going because now your story is going to help somebody, you know? Like, and somebody else is going to come on who heard your story and then their story is going to help somebody. And it just continues to kind of perpetuate and just, you know, be in that constant motion of everybody's story kind of helping each other. So it's, it's always wonderful to hear that. Kind of walk me through, because you said you guys kind of started out as swingers. So you were doing the, you know, playing with other couples thing and, and that didn't feel quite right for you. And so now was my podcast the very first you ever heard of, of, of wife sharing or did your husband tell you about it prior to introducing you to the podcast? You know, I heard of of hot wifing and, you know, sharing and all of that. When it comes to cuckolding, the only experience I had was in a professional realm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, of course, I figured that people had this sort of relationship, but I just, it never, it never came to mind that that might be something I would be interested in within my personal life. So what was it that, that helped it click for you? Um, Again, I think it is hearing other people's stories. And for me, it's hearing the women. I don't know. I don't know why that is in particular. But um, to hear other women describe um, the emotions and the feelings and the things that turn them on, that helped me like relate to that. And then it actually became my reality as I experienced it personally myself. Okay, so just to kind of give myself a timeline here, how long ago did you actually have your first, what you would refer to as like wife sharing type experience where it wasn't another couple. It was just you, a bull and your husband. Like how long ago did that first experience happen? Probably in the first year that I, that I knew my husband. Okay. So it's been several years then since that happened the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now have you gone since you discovered this realm, have you gone back to the swinging realm at all, or have you pretty much a hundred percent over on this side now? No, I haven't. We haven't gone back. We really just haven't been interested in it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, no, we're a hundred percent into this because um, it, it it works. And you know, there's times, of course, like when your partner and you are not on the same wavelength, and you have this constant frustration of like the miscommunication. 
And then once it all like clicks in and you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and so conversations are flowing, the jealousies, the defenses, all of those things, they subside. Mm-hmm. And then I can speak 100% authentically with him and then sharing my desires and interests and curiosities. And, and, and he does as well. Now, there's one thing that I'm curious about. And I know that there are other wives who would be curious to hear uh, what your answer is to this. And that is, for the couples that come from the swinging side of the fence, meaning they come from a background where at least occasionally their husband would play with other women. Whether or not it was anything that you were necessarily comfortable with, the fact remains that is that that was your background is that you played with other couples, sometimes a single woman and your husband would play. And then couples make the transition into the wife sharing aspect of it. And for many couples, his play pretty much stops. Like you, you become the only woman that he plays with. And I know for some women, there can be a little bit of, a little bit of guilt there in the sense of, yes, on one hand, you feel good because, like you said, you weren't always comfortable sharing him. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think it's natural for a woman sometimes to feel like, oh, well, this is kind of, it's not really fair. Like, I'm getting to have all this fun, and he's no longer able to play with anybody. Whether he wants to or not, the, 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 the fact remains is that he doesn't. And I'm just wondering, did that thought ever cross your mind? If so, how did you reconcile with that? Sadly, no. <laughs> Didn't cross my mind. Um, and I think this, <laughs> You're so greedy. No, terrible. You're but so greedy. Let me back this up. <laughs> no, no. I received gifts well. That's what that is. Um, I think back when I was working as, you know, as a femdom, that like we're, we're like we're talking about. There's so much of it is like psychological, and and there's so many layers to to the the male psyche, mm-hmm. and um, that as women we can't wrap our brains around. You know, we're we're like the humiliation or uh, um, anything really to do with like um, affecting their pride or their ego. Well, as women, I'm I'm a feeler. I want to you know I want to be comfortable and. And so, um, when, when it was happening, I, I was not necessarily feeling any guilt, um, because my husband already treats me like a queen. Mm -hmm. And so I, I already have those amazing gifts. Um, but what I found is (laughs) I was more worried, um, because he would tell me straight out, he's like, excuse me if I'd be so vulgar here, but it's like, you're the only pussy I want. I don't, I don't want anybody else. It's, that's not it. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I don't think this is fair. I, you know, I just, in my biggest concern, <laughs> I didn't want it to come back and bite me in the butt. In what way? Like if you can expand um, that a little bit. Um, you know, there's some people who fight or argue and pull up things um, that they want agreed upon and my biggest concern was is that I was going to like okay let my guard down and you know do kind of what we agreed and then something you know would happen and then that would be kind of thrown back in my face okay that's what I was about 
And it wasn't specifically anything that my husband has ever done. That's something I carried in from previous relationships. Okay, that makes sense. And and how long did it take before you were able to put those fears to rest? Like what helped you kind of come to grips with that and say, okay, I don't have to, that's not going to happen. Or is it something that you still worry about? It's not something I still worry about. Um, I don't necessarily, let me think here. I think what it is, is I've listened to my husband as we've tried to, you know, sort this stuff out and the frustration and, you know, I just, I keep hearing his words over and over and over. But when I, again, would listen to your podcast or when I listen to read a blog or hear it from somebody else's mouth, that's when I really realized <clears throat> the thing that he was saying to me is that this, this is, this is like the ultimate, like this is completely satisfying for him. And so once I was really able to wrap my brain around that, um, then, then I know, I know a hundred percent. I don't even worry about that, which is a beautiful feeling because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's terrible to have that kind of, you know, that little voice in the back of your head, you know, chattering while you, you know, supposed to be having fun. No, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely important to kind of free yourself from that baggage, if you will, you know, those things mm-hmm. that kind of hold us back that, really don't serve any purpose it's just we have to learn how to unburden ourselves with them you know because you know it 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 can be an extra weight to carry you know absolutely and that's why and one other thing Mm -hmm. one other thing that is really important um that i didn't recognize in the swingers community um i am i'm i'm in recovery and so one of the things I have to do to continue uh, being sober is I always have to be looking inward. And so it, <clears throat> I don't have that luxury like some folks do where they can tip back a beer and just, you know, wash that feeling away. Mm-hmm. And so what I have to practice is turning inward. Like, what is that feeling? And you know, so that constant uh, inventory per se. And so what happens is, is when you kind of work through your stuff, well, then, then you allow the confidence to start building. And so and that's really what has been happening during this whole transition is that, and I think also because I feel like I'm in line with what works for both of us, I feel sexy during the day. I am wearing my heels to lunch. I mean, it's, it's completely just, it radiates so much more than, than that one particular scene when, when all of us are together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Just like we're talking about empowerment. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of titles as women and boxes that we're supposed to fit in. My gosh, we've been told how we should have sex and not have sex. And, and should we scream or should we not scream? I mean, there's just a rule for everything. <laughs> and one of the beautiful things about my sobriety is that I get to clear out the dogma. And I get to create my own. And by doing that, in conjunction with my husband, now we've been able to evolve to this. It's a total gift. It's a complete gift. Now, one of the things that I was excited about, about having you as a guest, is I know from our conversations um, 
how 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 important female empowerment is to you and for me personally I think for anyone that truly listens to the show and listens to what I talk about that's what all this is built on that's what my entire podcast is 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 built on to me that like that that's my intent when I set out to do it was to make was to help women feel more comfortable with things because let's be honest, guys have been talking about this stuff forever. This is really not nothing new for guys, you know. Which, which the, the the novel part is hearing women talking about it. You know, I had yeah. a, a, a wife that I know listened to an episode, and she kind of gave me some feedback on it today. And she was just talking about just how great it felt to hear a woman talking about her sexual exploits in such a nonchalant kind mm-hmm. of way. You know, like just owning it, mm-hmm. not being ashamed of it not being uncomfortable about it, just owning it and just talking about it as if it were the most common thing ever. And so I never, I never lose sight of the fact that that's the mission. That's, that was my mission statement with this podcast was to have a vehicle where women could listen to other women talking and sharing and embracing and, kind of take their lead and say oh okay well maybe I can do this and so how that pertains to you is I know that female empowerment is a very big thing for you and so I kind of wanted to give you the floor to talk about whatever it is that comes to mind and we'll we'll get back to your journey you know into the lifestyle in a little bit but I wanted to kind of give you the floor to talk about what female empowerment means specifically to you and why it's so important for you to get that message out to other women who are thinking about entering this lifestyle, wondering if they can do it, if they should do it, you know, having all of the concerns. Does my husband really love me if he wants to see me with another man? Can I do this? All Because like you said, society makes it so difficult for women to be sexual in an enjoyment kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I understand that there's, there are a lot of hurdles that women have to go through and 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 get over before they get to this point. So what message do you want to give to those women out there? Oh, my gosh, it's so broad. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is I my husband during this journey, he's been 100% supportive. Um and that has allowed me to continue to evolve. But backing up prior to this relationship I'm in right now, um, first off, it's very difficult um, as a single woman to to navigate and you know and, and navigate, especially in a world like this. Um, just even between women, like if I were to in the gym, if I were to go into the washroom or wash my hands or something and try to make small talk to the lady next to me, there's a good chance that she's going to catclaw me with her words. We are so competitive against each other. Um, and what happens then is we shift into our masculine. And as masculine women, per se, we have our guards up, we're defensive, there's nothing soft about us. And I say soft with like the words nurturing, mm-hmm. and loving, and compassionate. And so what happens then is this just continues to build and build and build. One of the beautiful things I have been able to 
realize, and I've done this, you know, over a course of years, by all means, it's not something that happened even in a five-year window. But I, when I, when I married my husband, he had told me, I don't, you don't necessarily need to work. And I was mortified by the idea that <laughs> I would give up my business. I mean, my, I'm sure my mother was in the back of my head saying, don't do it. There's a plan B. Keep your plan B. I mean, it was just completely against my grain. And it, it, took, it took a compromise um, of, of, of one year. He said, please just try it for one year. And, you know, all my life I've been crawling, you know, my way to the top, to the top. And so I finally got to the top and I was given the gift. I really was afraid to take it. Mm-hmm. Because again, I have to. I have to be able to stand on my own. Let's face it; a lot of relationships do not end well, right. and more times than not, I was left brokenhearted. You know, all of that, trying to like pick my heart up and in the pieces and relocate and all the stuff that goes along with it. So, but one of the things that I learned, I I, I persevered, and during that year, that window of time. It was almost like, like the unveiling, the unpeeling. I, I had all of these defenses and layers and things that kept me, you know, very successful. But when you take away all of that, as they say, nowhere, no matter where you go, there you are. And so I went through very, very uncomfortable spots. I didn't, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, I have this whole day. Now, that may be fun, like, let's go shopping, let's go do this, but let's get to the truth of it. It's like, what am I worth? I'm not, I'm not bringing in anything to this household. I'm not bringing in money. In fact, I'm taking, which was very, very difficult. So my husband clearly is in the masculine. He's providing, he's protecting, he's housing, he's doing all of that. What I actually had to do is recognize my feminine. And this is when I started to, I, I, you know, I got involved in classes and courses and, you know, I just, I started to listen to other blogs and read books and, and I just really started to tap in to this amazing feminine energy that I have and something that I used to see as weak, I now see the value and the strength of the feminine. Ultimately, we, we hear in most lifestyles that the, the woman you know, the woman makes the calls. Happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was a crock <laughs> because I just never, I never thought that was possible. Um, so that journey was very uncomfortable. Um, but again, it's like I can't sit in my stuff. I got to keep moving through it. Um, and so by finding that feminine, I mean, to look at me, I am muscular I I am stronger than some of the folks that I work out with. I mean, I'm definitely like this this mixture. But the feminine energy, no matter what I put on or where I'm at, that that loving, warming that it it it's so natural. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been a huge part of my personal growth. Um, the the ability to hold space. You know, while my, my husband and I are feuding or feeling jealousy or stepping on toes, I mean, to be able to just hold space of understanding, there's, there's not a lot of that left in the world no, at all. No, there's not. I want you, you, you said something, and 
I feel like it may be lost on certain people. So I kind of want you to go into a little more detail about it. But you were talking about finding your femininity and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and embracing your feminine. Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail about what that means to you and what, what things you had to shake that were kind of getting in the way of you you know, of you finding your feminine. Because like you said, in, in, in society today, you know, women wear a lot of different hats, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes there can be certain factions of society that make you even feel guilty for embracing the feminine, you know, um, that want yeah. you to kind of be in the rat race and be competitive and, you know, be mm-hmm. sharp and be, you know, aggressive and, and everything like that. So, to give my listeners an idea who may be sitting there wondering, well, what does she mean when she says finding the feminine? Can you kind of shed a little bit of light on that, please? Mm-hmm. So first, I had to even recognize, like visually recognize. And so I had, I have, I had like idols of women. I would like celebrities and whatnot, where I would just see them and I would just see this amazing woman strong and sexy and you know Sophia Loren (laughs) I have a picture of her on my wall she's powerful you know and so this is something that I I was always drawn to but again it's like how do I do that while you know I'm 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 working in a consulting firm it's like there there were two different worlds and so then as I continued my studies and learned um little things like as a woman I love to feel things textile if you if you notice you know women will wear clothing with with different patterns and textures because we like to feel things um that's why baths and candlelight that's very much in the feminine Mm -hmm. and so what what happened for me is then I became aware of like what am I putting on my body you know it's easy to throw a t-shirt on and crawl into bed for the night but you are what you wear. So then I would notice a complete psyche change in my day if I decided to put on my Cuban stockings with a seam up the back. It's a whole different, it's a whole different feeling. It's a whole different existence. And, and I think with anything energy related, you know, you tap into that with great intention that you're going to look for something and automatically it starts to move forward, move forward, move forward. And then ultimately you, you're, you're able to find the side of me. I was able to find the side of me that, that I would only put makeup on when I would go out. That would be my feminine side. Um, and, and now it's like, because it's so natural mm-hmm. and it, it's just my niche now. It's kind of like, oh, kind of like finding the right pair of shoes. Right. You don't don't need the symbol, the symbolic aspect of putting on makeup to be feminine. Like you can be feminine even without putting on makeup. Absolutely. But it it didn't start that way. Right. No, (laughs) it's it's a journey to get to get to that point. Um, So one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, I'm I'm always curious and very interested when people have an epiphany about something because, you know, being someone who has had several epiphanies in my life, I know how life altering they are, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. almost like you can literally say, okay, this is how I thought before the epiphany. And this is how I thought after the epiphany, you know, like it, it can drastically change the way you look at something. Mm 
And so, I'm, you know, listening to what you said, I'm curious, like once you noticed that and once you said, okay, this is who I'm going to be from now on, how did that then affect your relationship with your husband? Like, was it something that he noticed right away? Was it something that you noticed the way that he was now responding to you since you kind of embraced that part of yourself? How did it, what effect did finding your feminine have on your relationship with your husband? I think everybody else sees it before you do. I think that's common. Um, and that was something I would get a feedback from my husband when we would play or have, you know, a single man come in or, and he's just like, this, this is you, like this shift of energy that you go into and the state of mind you go in, like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, this is your true being. And I was completely against it because the last thing as a woman I wanted to be known for is, is <laughs> being super sexual. You know, I, don't, I didn't want that title. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I just kind of dismissed it, dismissed it. Until again, I found the niche and then I found my community. And I, I think that also, that, that also helps, you know, if I, I can pick up the phone and call a girlfriend and, and we can go right into the conversation. I'm very transparent with the people who are nearest and dearest. Mm -hmm. And again, this is a lot that I, I personally had to learn in order to survive. In order for me to stay sober, I cannot sit in my own stuff. Right. And so it's really important for me to continue to, you know, put put light on things. Um, but yeah, my husband, he saw it, he saw it um, much, much sooner than I was ever um, able to, to accept it. Okay. Now, kind of changing gears here a, a, a little bit more to how you've grown in, in the lifestyle how would you contrast, because I'm always curious when I talk to couples that come from the swinging side, because you're, you've kind of had your feet on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. What was it like, okay, when you guys would play with couples before, and you would be with the male part of the couple, and you would look at your husband, how <laughs> would you contrast what you felt and what you saw from him in those moments versus what you see now that you guys have fully embraced the wife sharing aspect where he's able to just sit back and drink you all in. Like, how is that different playing with a man when it's in a swinging environment, looking at your husband versus playing with a man in a wife sharing environment and looking at your husband and he's able to just fully concentrate on you. This is a great question because the contrast of the two, as I'm listening to you, the contrast of the two for me is the swinging is very physical. It's a physical fix, a visual fix. The other side is it's that, it's that, it's that psyche. It's that, it's that soul to soul connection. Um, it, it, it's so much more. It, it's, it's so much more of, of my being, which affects my relationship. Um, also I think on this side, um, I, I don't have to worry or, or be concerned about performance or jealousy or is everybody getting enough time? I mean, I, I seriously get to get out of my head 
and just enjoy because I know that my husband is 100% on board. In the other side, in the swimming community, I think because I was dealing with four different people, including myself, really, right, right. but to, to be able to kind of like navigate all four, you know, is everybody happy? And is, is, is she, you know, is she getting pushed off to the side? Or, it was so cerebral. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, it's a lot to manage. It's, it's a lot stressful. to manage. <laughs> it really is. And, and that would just bring me great bouts of anxiety to the point where I was like, I don't want to even do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it got to be a lot. It got to be too much. So when you shifted, what can you recall about that first experience when you feel that energy and you look at your husband and it's just the three of you and you're no longer trying to juggle all of those different energies and your brain is no longer, you know, encumbered with, like you said, is everybody getting enough time and is this happening and is that happening? Mm -hmm. And where you were able to just kind of, you know, narrow your focus. What, what was that like the first time you experienced that? The word harmony comes to mind. <laughs> Great word. Great um, word. It's really what it is. You you know when you're you're engaging or you're you're completely into somebody and you just lose all track of anything outside of your little bubble. That and it's just everything. It just feels. I don't like the word perfect, but it just feels like everything flows effortlessly. Everybody is on the same agenda. Everybody has knows their own roles. I think because of that authenticity, um, it, it, it was very fluid. It was very, I was super excited because I finally like got what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Supposed to a, close to a white man. I, I, I clearly have, you know, a gentleman who understands this kind of dynamic, which then sets me at ease. And, and I think, and then of course afterwards, you know, after, after everything is settled and, and my husband and I have that after, you know, after conversation and the questions, it just, for me, it connected everything. And now I feel safe by doing it. Um, another thing that's really quite awesome about this, opposed to swinging, is that the gentlemen that are in the lifestyle that I have personally met or engaged with, they know their part. They know their part. Um, there's, there's, there's never anybody, you know, suggesting that maybe they should spend the night or <laughs> get something to eat or right. they know their role. And I think that also really helps because again, everybody, like, as you say, everybody stays in their lane. Um, and, and that also gives me a sense of ease. Now I, I know when I, when I hear what you say and knowing this lifestyle the way that I do and ha having had conversations with you, you know enough to know that what you've experienced is not necessarily the norm. Like I'm not going to say that it's not the norm. Let's just say you have a very high batting average, so to speak, <laughs> in the sense that the quality people that you've been able to meet, you know, whereas a lot of couples, they kiss a lot of frogs before they're uh -huh. able to get to the, to the, to the princess. So I, I know people are probably wondering, well, what's her secret? How was she able to have, <laughs> you know, this high level of, of success? So what would you say when it comes to, to you finding the right guys to play with, to entertain, 
what would you say is, I don't necessarily want to say your secret, but like, what do you guys look for? Like, what is, what is your particular procedure that maybe other couples can listen to and say, hey, maybe we should try that. Maybe that would make our journey a little bit easier. Just any anything that you can share that can make it easier for other women out there so that they don't have to kiss as many frogs. Oh, God, yes. Um, this is, again, my husband, <laughs> in his masculine space, is all about protecting me. And so... You know, from my femdom, all of that, the screening process of somebody that I don't know to come into my, that space with me is really tough. I, you know, um, I, let's see, my husband first, he, he writes the email, you know, and this is what, you know, what we're looking for, um, you know, to see if we compare. And then, I mean, we bring it into text, we bring it into a phone call. I mean, all the way down to the point that we're like, yeah, this is this is going to be okay. I think also one of the most difficult things, because as a woman, I have been taught to be a people pleaser. And one of the things that, that I've had to really learn to do is, you know, as we're doing this screening process, just say and, and honestly be like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. Or there's just something that we're not connecting. There's something there. And really grabbing that, um, and, and, and believing in it because previously many years back in the swinging community, as and I were in a, in a situation where as my hand was on the car door to get into the car. I looked at him and said, I, I don't think this is a good idea. And both of us walked over that intuitive thought and it became a nightmare <laughs> as the night went on. So you mean um, you, ignored, so, you ignored the feeling and went through with it anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And if I, I have to say, majority of the women that I know, absolutely, that's what we do, because we're people pleasers. And so, and, and again, we've been taught all our lives, you're too sensitive. Oh, you're so emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, okay, so all along, it's been discounted as part of my feminine energy, not to go with that intuitive thought. You know, when I was a femdom, I wasn't dating anybody. I was my own screening process. And I think that was another thing too, is like I would engage in men from around the world. I traveled while I did that work. And and I would have to be able to intuitively feel if this was a good connection, if, if I would be safe, if we would have a good experience, you know, fill in the blank. And so I think for my husband and I, what we do, and this is what we do is, because I don't have a lot of time. He loves to sit and look, and he's a picture person, right? They're visible as well. And so he knows he knows my type of man that I enjoy. And so what he'll do is he sends me, he'll say, check out this profile. Check out this profile. And then I get in and I get a feel for it. I reach out. I do the emails. And so that's it's the process. Um, and then with both of us screening like that, We've we've have, we've been able to dodge quite a few bullets. Not telling you, I've got a couple frogs under my belt, but um, that hasn't been for quite some time. <laughs> and I, I hope I'm not drinking. <laughs> no, no, I, I know that that's something that that you know couples do struggle with. I mean, and it's 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 the it's probably the one question that I get asked more than any other. I mean, aside from how do I get my wife into this, I'm talking about the, cu- the question from actual couples that are in it. 
is, you know, how do they find, you know, good guys? So I, I, you know, when I find couples that seem to have a better handle on how to go about doing it, Mm -hmm. I find that it, it helps to kind of get them to talk about what they do that, that, you know, that's working for them so that other couples can, you know, maybe find a way to incorporate that with, with what they're doing, you know, to say, oh, well, that's a different way of looking at it, or that's a, let's try that, you know, because like I said, there is no man, there is no manual to this and everybody's trying to find, you know, their own way and trying to find, you know, what, what works for them. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. it helps to be able to think outside the box, you know, to hear an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of the process. You know, just like when we start anything that's new, first time we learned how to ride a bike, we fell, we, <laughs> we stabbed our knees up. It was, it's part of it. And I think that, that's, again, that's, you're, you're strengthening that muscle of intuition. And, and again, if the more women are able to really embrace that, the easier it comes. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. One thing that I'm curious about, I should say another thing I'm curious about, I'm curious about many things. Um, <laughs> being that, unlike a lot of my guests, you your life has been, you know, you, you kind of had these moments, you know, like you said in the beginning, you know, you're in your, in, in proportion to your life, you and your husband have been together for a short time. So you had this whole existence before you even met him. Um you know, especially, you know, your, 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 your femdom experiences. So even though it was a different type of sexuality, it was still nonetheless putting you in a very sexual kind of headspace. Just you were dealing with mm-hmm. their sexuality more so than you were dealing with your own. You were just kind of in, tr- in control and running shit. Um, so what I'm curious about is having been you know, in the wife sharing lifestyle now for a couple of years and, and, and having some experiences under your belt and seeing how it's affected you and your husband, what has been the biggest surprise? Like if you could go back and talk to yourself prior to meeting your husband, what would be the main message you would have? Like, oh, you're not going to believe what, when this happens, it's going to change your life. Like what, what's been the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself that was specifically due to you being a part of, of, of this lifestyle. And I guess to kind of give you an idea, I know for a lot of women, it is the self-confidence that they discover and how that self-confidence then permeates in so many different areas of their life. Like some people think that it's just confidence in the bedroom and it's like, no, it, it goes beyond that. Like it may start there, but it quickly it quickly mushrooms and and grows beyond that. So what's been like your biggest aha moment since you've entered the the, the wife sharing lifestyle? Like how has it helped you? My biggest aha, I think, would be if I was if I was looking back, is the my ability to be naked and comfortable. <laughs> that has not always been the case um, at all. In fact, I never wore a bikini before I met my husband. 
because I had a body image issue that I constantly struggled with. Now, and so, let me pause you there for one second. Hold on, let me pause you there for one second because I just I just want to bring my listeners up to speed because they okay. can't see you and they haven't seen you. <laughs> and if you want to, okay. at the end of this, we'll share your Instagram information for people that do want to see you. But okay. Okay. I, I just I just want them to understand that this is a woman who now does like fitness competitions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, I don't know where she's come from, but she's at the point now where she's no longer struggling with showing herself. And when you see a picture of her, your jaw is probably going to hit the floor. You know, this is a woman who takes very good care of herself and works very hard, you know, on herself. And let's just say that the hard work shows and it's extremely evident so i think when they see your pictures and then they juxtapose that to what you were saying about having the negative body image it's going to resonate more because it's going to be like wow she went from that to that you know so i didn't mean to cut you off i just wanted to bring people up to speed just so that they had an idea of who it is that is saying these things and what you currently present. So I'm sorry. So continue. <laughs> well, I am. I appreciate all of that. Thank you. Um, yeah, just real quick on that. Um, I was a tomboy. I was one of six kids. Um, I was not heard a lot. And so um, I was really a skinny little kid. Grew up. I was that skinny fat with taught to diet and you know, fast and starve myself and be proud of doing that. And, um, and then I turned 40 and, uh, around that time, my mom who actually and down to all of that belief system had passed on. And so at that time, and I started to realize like, wow, I'm 40 and I really am not comfortable in the skin I'm in. And so I took great plunges, very, very uncomfortable plunges. Um, and I think too, this is also as I'm getting sober, I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel my feelings. I'm, you know, so everything is starting to find its equilibrium. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I had always been, you know, you know, running and doing, you know, tra- treadmill. In fact, <laughs> I was training for a marathon while I was still in my addiction. That's how crazy I was about wow. fitness. Um, exactly. <laughs> but, um, what I did is I went to a, a, a bodybuilding gym and I, again, I didn't wear bikinis. So I had to stand there in this posing room with all these lights on in my underwear. <laughs> Just, I think I look at the pictures today and I think there's a tint of green to my face. I am so sick <laughs> to my stomach. The chatter in my head is so loud. And, and I tell women that it's like, you know what? Everybody has that little, that little voice in the back of their head everybody has it. Um, and so I, I dove in a hundred percent, um, because I wanted to change the, the relationship I had, you know, getting sober is about changing your world, your life, your relationship. And my body was one of them. And so instead of wearing spanks under my blue jeans in Texas weather, I was able then to, you know, conform to this meal plan and 
I did every, I didn't get off that meal plan for a year. That's how bad I wanted it. And I started to see the changes and then the confidence and then the feedback from complete strangers. You know, I would go into, you know, White House Black Market and, and oh my God, how did you get arms like that? And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I must learn more and more. And, and so then I became a personal trainer. <laughs> so I would know how to train people. Um, but that now today, I think also I'm, I'm very much a spiritual person. And so during meditation and those sorts of things, I'm able to clear away a lot of this humanness that we have. Mm-hmm. My body was created this way. If you look at how much skin we have on our bodies, that's because that's, that's for pleasure along with protection. You know, source made it that these things feel good. Rubs, you know, like body rubs or kisses or penetration or feet rubs. These are all beautiful things that I'm supposed to engage in. And so that was then able, it helps me able to like stand in my naturalness mm-hmm. and just be very, very, I, I think there's like a sense of, because of course I've got body flaws. Everybody can look in the mirror and go, oh Lord, I wish that wasn't that way. But overall, it's just the, the, I also have the experience of living a completely different life. My body is a miracle that it even survived and is able to get to this point. Right? So I might have a different experience with that. But I, I'm, not, I'm not shamed on any part of my body because it was made that way for a reason. So, so that, that was something I really had to, to grasp and engage, you know, really be able to just become okay with. And now when, you know, to be able to be just naked, I mean, we've gone to larger events, of course, in the swinging community. And I mean, I have absolutely no problem walking around um, completely in the buff. Um, and yeah, that's because that, I think that's self-love now that I, now that we're talking about that. So but that, that didn't start. Go ahead. No, no, I'm saying I, I want you to go ahead and continue your thought there. You were saying that that was that that's more than just self love. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's 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 a it's you're being pr- I was proud. I'm proud of the work I've done. I've you know I've like earned my stripes. You know, mm-hmm. going to the gym when I didn't want to go. You know, um, yeah. I wish all women could be taught how to run their bodies, how to how to feed their bodies, and the self-talk and the physical things you can do to your body. There's so, there's so many things that are empowering that we just think we don't have the time for. Well, I mean, you know, society puts a lot, so much on your plate. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that you, I get it. You have to kind of give yourself permission to devote time to things that they say you shouldn't devote times to. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I, I really enjoy, and I know I say that a lot, but there's, there are a lot of things about this lifestyle that I enjoy. But one of the things that I really enjoy about this lifestyle is seeing women who are able to, like, there's, there's nothing for me as a bull in this lifestyle. When it, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to go out with a couple and have dinner with a couple because mm-hmm. it's, it's not just the getting to know them part. 
But what's fun for me to witness is kind of watching her sit there and the light, like she is clearly the star of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it's it's cool because she's the star of the show. Like she has this spotlight on her from the man who loves her, worships her, is her best friend and treats her like a queen. But yet mm-hmm. there's also a spotlight on her by this man who's, you know, who's only recently met her, who's trying to get to know her and who is being driven crazy with lust for her. And she's able to feel it from both sides. Like she's able to feel that, that crazy cocktail of emotion, of energy, (laughs) of feeling of, and the thing that's beautiful about it is no one has to hide anything, you know, like if, if, like if you were an expert, at reading, at reading people's eyes, you know, you would look in her husband's eyes and you would see that love, you would see that adoration, but you would also see that arousal, you know, oh God, I hope it happens, you know, oh, I, 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 I hope it does, you know, I, I hope this guy is able to close the deal, I'm going to do everything I can to help this guy because I really want to see him between my wife's legs, you know, so, so you have all of these different emotions at play in his eyes and then you look at the bull and it's it's you know man this woman is hot i i hope i'm doing a good job i would really love to fuck this woman you know what i'm saying like like and and you can feel it like nobody's hiding what they feel and then you look in her eyes and she's just swimming in it you know like really like she's just swimming in it she's swimming in the attention coming from her husband She's swimming in the attention coming from the bull. And it's just really, really cool to be able to kind of sit back, even in the moment, and and enjoy that. And so what I would like you to kind of relay to my listeners, especially, you know, those people who are new and just discovering the podcast and, and are, are trying to figure out, can I do this? What does that feel like from a woman's perspective to be sitting in that chair and having all of this energy focused on you, knowing that, you know, these two men are into you, but coming from very different places? Yes. And this just recently happened. And so I get to. uh get to reflect on that um you know in the swinging world let's go there for a sec um that was a very uncomfortable position for me um it it, i felt very um like on center stage but not in a good way um now what i've realized on this side of the tracks is that um first off i know that this is really exciting for my husband and then there's also as i (laughs) look at this new gentleman uh, that all of the newness, and I find him super sexy, just looking at him and the flirting and all of that's going on, right? And and so it's kind of like I'm in the middle of like this, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the perfect spot. I'm getting right. like both of all of this. Um, something that I had to explain to my, my vanilla folks, because again, the male psyche and the female psyche are so different. Um, 
because I could never understand why in God's name would he want to share his wife, right? Because I would never want to share my husband, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my husband actually explained to me, he said, you know, men are about pride. They are very prideful. They, you know, they want to be seen in a certain light. And, and you know, and he's like, and, and it's really amongst the other guys. You know? And so he said, so it's like when you get a new car, and it, we'll call it a 911 just for fun. And so got, you have this amazing new car. The guy comes in, all of his buddies are like, like holy shit, dude, this is like a badass car. And, you know, and, and, and the owner, you know, it's just all, he's just gloating, right? He's proud of it. And, and then the guy says to him, do you want to take it for a ride? And the guys are like, holy shit, absolutely. I want to take it for a ride. Very well knowing that he's got to return the car to the owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the way I was able to serve my brain around why my, my husband would want to share me. And, and, and so now I get it. And there's different layers of connections, right? And, and I'll just, I'm just real quick, is to, to share, like I'm in love with my husband and I'm connected with my husband on so many levels. The gentlemen who come into my world, we connect on a few levels and they're mutual. Mm. And so all of the respect that it's, it, like I said, that, that harmony is there. And, and so it's almost like you, you're, you, I'm going to go and enjoy the movie. I'm going to go and enjoy the movie. I'm going to eat the popcorn and then I'm going to go home. Right. You're going to get the and full that's experience kind of the movie, <laughs> but you're still going home. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe it's like a, a movie grill where they teach you. <laughs> you have a full experience. Um, but, you know, then that also then gave it less weight of, of what I was doing. And, you know, that kind of like, oh, I don't know if I could. If I, or what if this happens? Or what if this happens? No, it's, I'm just going to go to the movie. I'm going to have an amazing time. And then I'm going to go home to my husband. Something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> When you navigate this lifestyle and you've, you know, like you said, you've, you've been in it for a few years now. And, and what I gather from you, from the conversations that, that we've had is you really feel like you're starting to hit your stride now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like things are opening up for you. Uh, it seems like things are, are more clear to you. You, you know exactly who you are. Like I said, you're still growing, but you have a better sense mm-hmm. of who you are, who your husband is. You know, like you said, you, you, you found your niche. You know kind of the type of guys that you like, you know, the type of experiences that you're looking for. And, you know, from looking at your, you know, Instagram page and, and, and having conversations with your husband, it's like, and I, I, I can sense how proud of you he is when I talk to him, you know, and it's like, you're kind of at this point where you're not, you're no longer looking back. Like you're looking forward as you, as you journey through this, you know, and you know, you accumulate these wonderful experiences and and he's right there to, to share them with you. And, you know, you know, that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's bringing you guys closer so I say all that to say one of the things that you often hear from couples that are in the lifestyle is 
how much closer the lifestyle has has brought them. And one of the things that you hear from couples who are not yet in the lifestyle or who are just beginning their journey is in their minds, they're like, well, we're already close. Like it can't get any better, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that I think people in the lifestyle understand. Like you're not, you understand why people would think that like from the outside looking in, who wants to admit that, oh, having this exciting sexual lifestyle is going to make us better as a couple. Like people like to think that we're we're already solid. We're already solid enough. There's no room for improvement here, especially from something so sexual. You know, there's that's not going to boost what we feel for each other. But then yet the people who have been through it and who have lived this lifestyle and who have been through this lifestyle, they will tell you almost without hesitation that oh no, no, this this has definitely brought us closer together. You know, it's 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 taken us to a level that we didn't even fathom before all of this. So what would you say to those couples who are thinking about it, who are just starting out as far as if they approach it with the right mindset, what can lay ahead for them? You know, I think you're spot on about the connection and being close. And you know what you know, like you, you don't, you can't, it's like trying to describe what a banana tastes like. You don't know because you can't fathom it. Right. Um, but what, what I believe is that I, I don't believe that we are supposed to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I've never really felt that in, in my heart of heart. And so what it is is now I get to explore this dating and sexual world with my best friend. And so we go through these experiences. Sometimes they're very scary. Sometimes they're super exciting. Sometimes they're complete disasters. But I'm building on the relationship I have with my best friend. And I think in the sexual realm, because of the vulnerability, pretty much when you take your clothes off, anybody takes their clothes off. You're vulnerable. You're, 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 exactly. So I think when you're in that state and everybody's in that state, I, I think you're just more open. You're more open to receive things. And for me, with my husband and I, um, yeah, the communication was a, is a huge part of this, but also being able to identify and talk about the things that I was afraid to say I liked. Even with my husband, mm-hmm. I still I still held back and, and didn't share things like that. And so I think by doing this journey with him and knowing that he is my constant, he's my rock, he's not going anywhere. And this is from a woman that had great issues with abandonment. <laughs> it, 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 what I've been, had to unlearn and what I've learned now is that he wants to be with me a hundred percent and to see me that joyful or that happy that his job is done. That's that his number one, his number one goal is, is to make his, his woman or his wife happy. No, no, absolutely. And that's, so that's where, I, I think that I was just going to say, so that's where. Oh no, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and that's the thing that I see. Because people often ask me, what's the difference between hot wifing and cuckolding and everything? And and obviously there are differences, but there are also similarities. And 
one of those kind of key veins that runs through the minds of, of, of husbands from both sides is how important their wives' pleasure or their partner's pleasure is to them. How important it, mm-hmm. it is that that she have a good time. I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with swinging couples in the past. I have friends that deal with swinging couples. And again, this is not an indictment on all swinging couples, but I know enough to know that it's a prevalent mindset. And that is the husbands, they do want to see their wives have a good time. But there's a limit to that. In other words, they want you to fuck her good, just not better than they fuck her. Mm-hmm. And that that mentality differs. I mean, even you know, I've I've uh, I've said before on, on my show that I'm not just a bull in this lifestyle. I'm also a stag, you know, and <laughs> and you know, I I fuck very well. I'm good at what I do. But even still, mm-hmm. when my when when somebody is playing with my slave, when she's having a good time, my mindset is fuck the hell out of her. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if you if you happen to be better than me, so be it. Like, I know that there is more to what we have than just the physical. So I don't base everything on the physical. You know, at the end of the day, I want her to have. Not only do I want her to have a fantastic time, but I want I want the guys playing with her. I want them to enjoy her. You know, my thing is, I want you to walk away giving me a high five. You know, See, like the Porsche. Exactly. Like I want you to walk away having enjoyed yourself. I don't put, I don't feel like I need to put limitations on guys. Like, whoa, whoa, you're going to, you don't, don't make her come to, no, show her a great time. And I tell her, make me proud. Like, I want both of them to be giving maximum effort. And so I think that it's, 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 you know, it's really cool that, you're you're on this side of the fence and you have this dynamic where you know that you're free to just enjoy maximum pleasure and that your husband is not going to be threatened by it that he's actually going to enjoy it and feed off of you and one thing that I you know cuz I have to be mindful of the time so I know I'm drawing close to the end but one thing that I really would like to get your take on and I really would like you to kind of take my listeners kind of behind the curtain, so to speak, is this is for the couples that are listening, because I know that they're going to hear things that you say that they're going to be able to relate to. But it's going to be new to a lot of the bulls who are listening, because for the bulls who are not in a stag dynamic themselves, they're not privy to this side. Like there are a lot of bulls who never see this. And that is what happens between you and your husband when you've had this spectacular evening with a bull, but then he leaves and it's just you and your husband after that incredible night, after all of that energy was exchanged, how would you put into words what those moments are like? Well, first off, it depends on how long the bull was there. I might just pass out and go to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, it's it, what you, what will happen is 
you know that euphoric space you get into when when you're having sex with somebody that you love and the connection and that you know the height of the orgasm and chemically I mean that binds you know men and women together in this dynamic because of these these dynamics or excuse me the energy between the two and so what happens is like you know you, you hit this all-time high together the three of you that one person leaves and now all of that energy is pretty much between you and your husband. And what I have found is in that state, like that post-orgasmic or post-sexual state, is I, I call it sex drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's almost just like that. It, of, of, I, I can talk about anything. I can, I, I'm free to, to share with him, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, and again, this is like when I'm wrapped up in his arms, you know, so many times life gets so busy that, you know, it's like, God, did I even kiss him goodnight? You know, so it's like the complete opposite side. Um, and, and to that, I think that's where that old, that overwhelming connection takes place. Um, and because he is proud that this has just happened. I am thrilled that this is actually an option in my marriage. Um, <laughs> You know, I wouldn't have been known to ask for this, is what I say. But um, that's really where it takes place. And I think, too, as we're talking about, like, the swinger community, and it's almost like, it's, it's almost like emotional maturity. Because as we're saying, it's, you know, in this, in this sort of lifestyle, you need to know your stuff. You need to know what triggers you. You need to know what makes you feel good. I mean, you really have to identify with a lot of your stuff. Now, when we would go to a club and we would swing, I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about shit. I don't have to talk to that guy. I don't have to, nothing. In fact, it's better if you didn't. <laughs> but over here in this lifestyle, I mean, because the bull is involved in the psychological aspect of this dynamic, I, you have to be evolved to that space. Maybe that's why, it, maybe that's why it's so fulfilling mm -hmm. is, is because we've taken these steps in this process and in all of the bumps and falls and, and, and now we're to the point where, you know, we are at equal level of expressing ourselves, but then also being able to play within the psyche as we do. No, that's, that's, that, 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 that's fantastic. And I, I think that's a, a, a good note because obviously I, I could talk to you for hours, <laughs> but, um, I know you have, yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> But I, I, I have to be mindful of, of, of the length of, of, of the episode, but I would love to have you back, you know, especially for oh one, of the, of, of one of the after party episodes where we can get into a little bit of, of more of your, 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 your sexual proclivities, so to speak. But um, uh -huh. before I let you get out of here, is there any message you'd like to say to my listeners, to me, to your husband, who's obviously going to hear this? The floor is, the, 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 the floor is yours, Jules. I think if I'm speaking to the women is turn inward, you know, um, little things like go on a sexual journey with yourself, find things that you like, write about them. If it's reading fantasy books about sexual encounters, anything to kind of get that flowing. Because again, we live in a very masculine dated world and it doesn't come to the surface very naturally. But I have found that when I embrace that and really go 
go with it. The, it. It's a healing energy. I'm able to become more myself. The people around me respond differently to me. I mean, it's, and of course the men respond differently to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and another, another big thing was um, to open up that hard conversation and, and, and talk about things like jealousy and uh, things that make you uncomfortable. Um, for me, identifying those things, it, it really cleared them out of the way. And to know that my husband now knows them as well. Now I got my best friend who's also making sure that, that those things don't happen. Um, and there's no, like you're, like you're saying, Michael, there's no manual. And so if you look good doing it, you didn't do it right. <laughs> you're going to fall. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to make some really dumb mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's part of the puzzle. It's all part of the piece. It's all the puzzle. And then to, to also, if, if possible, I wasn't real comfortable talking with women initially um, about this kind of stuff. But once I opened that up and then my friends are also able to open up and talk about sex and things like this. Oh, my gosh. Now my world is like wide open and I don't I don't have to cover in and keep things secret. Because, again, you know, things that you secrets are are what keep us sick. So that's my two cents for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I want to I want to, you know, uh, thank you for for coming on and and, and being so candid and open and and sharing your, you know, your journey with us and with my listeners. Um, Again, to my my Patreon supporters, I always want to give you guys a a shout out um, at the end of my episodes because you're the guys that make all this happen. You know, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if it wasn't for the generosity that you guys all show. And I'm not the type, I'm not sitting here begging people to become supporters. My whole thing is if you like what I'm doing and you want to see me continue to do what I'm doing, then you'll become a, you'll become a supporter. If not, then you won't. It, for me, it's, it's as simple as that. Um you know, we support the things that we enjoy, you know, and for me, fortunately, I have enough people who support what I'm doing that allow me to continue doing it. But, you know, every every little bit helps. Um, and if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, maybe this episode will be the one that will convert you into one. So, again, I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. I want to thank all of you. I want to thank Jules. And before I let you get out of here... Um, I know that you are present on different, you know, different social media and different, you know, sites. If people want to find you, if people want to reach out to you, what would you say is the best way for them to do so? Because I know that you're on Instagram, but I don't know if you want to give out that information. So I'll let you decide how you want people to be able to to reach out to you. You know what? I'm pretty transparent. So my Instagram um, is definitely uh, us. As, as real people, mm-hmm. um, we don't even use filters on these pictures, um, but that is Sexy Fitness Girl 2020. Okay, and that's all one word, no hyphens, no underscores, no fancy symbols, just Sexy Fitness nope. Girl, spelled just like it sounds, no funny spellings, like girl is actually G-I-R-L, <laughs> not G-R-L. <laughs> <laughs> it is all, all, all that, yes, Sexy Fitness Girl 2020. Okay, now I'm actually 
looking at it right now, so I will read it to people on Instagram. You can find her at S-E-X-Y-F-I-T-N-E-S-S-G-I-R-L-2020. That is Sexy Fitness Girl 2020, and that is how you can find Jules. Yeah, definitely. Shoot me a message. I would love to, I would love to hear feedback on this because I was a little nervous to do this. So, oh, no, you're, yes, you're, I would love to hear some feedback. <laughs> no, you 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 are fine and you you did you did a fantastic <laughs> job. So, let me thank you on behalf of myself and my listeners for for coming on here. Um thank and you. like I said I look, I look forward to having you back. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Michael. All right. And I am your host, Michael C., signing off, everybody. And I will see you when I see you. Take care.